This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDB. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America, and welcome to the Think Tank. It's Monday. This is when we get together with my staff. We have a big week planned for you. Uh, Tomorrow is episode number two of History, and then the premiere, the pilot episode of The Vault is on Wednesday. Then we'll meet back here in the studios, have a conversation with you on Thursday. But um, my staff put together a show. These are the things that they thought were important this weekend that they want to talk about. These are the things this weekend that I thought were important that I want to talk about. We better get started right now. Come on. I guess we got to start with the bombings this weekend. They caught the guy uh, this morning, had a shootout. Uh, I don't know why everybody always has to look like they're on an episode of Cops when they're, <laughs> their shirt's off, but uh, his shirt was off. And... Yeah, it was. So he was picked up four miles from where the bombs were Sunday night. You're, you're staying in the area? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. So this, these attacks, had, to me, it seemed like it was a hasty attack. The first one... Uh, goes off. Let's go to the timeline here for a second. So on Saturday, Saturday morning, the bomb goes off right next to where, along the route where they're going to run a five. The, the Marine race, right, right. In, in Jersey. Yeah. And these were nasty bombs too. They had the they had the ball bearings in it. I mean, they were they were maximum damage. As opposed yeah. to those, the kind of bombs. Well, no, the kind that I would build. <laughs> oh, wouldn't work. And do, you know, I wouldn't, I'd be like, ah, oh, ball bearings. That's a good idea. Nasty. Yeah. But that bomb goes off. It, it actually didn't do anything because they they had already delayed the race. So they delayed the race from some other threat. They tricked the little mechanism on the cell phone. It made it explode. It goes off. And luckily, no one was hurt. I think personally, because that's Saturday morning. So the next bombs go off in Chelsea, downtown New York, um, later on that evening. And there's, there's no rhyme or reason why they picked that spot. I mean, I can't right. really tell. It, only, it hurts 29 people. No, no deaths, um, thank goodness. But then later on, they find another bomb just a few blocks away. Sunday night, okay, fast forward another day, they find a backpack back in Jersey at a train station with a bunch of pipe bombs in there. To me, it looked like they, it was hasty, like they ditched that bag and took off on the train or something like that. So they just like, like threw it together and were like, this is last minute ditch effort? I think that they screwed up the first attack. These are not professionals. They're probably online getting their instructions from somebody else. Huh. They screwed up that first attack and said, oh, crap, we're going to get caught. So they, they hastily put the other two bombs out there, detonated the second one. I would not be surprised if all that third uh, bomb that they caught, that pressure cooker bomb, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually tried to detonate that and it just didn't go off. I would not be surprised whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. it was a total of 11 bombs between the three locations that they found them. 
Yeah. And only 29 people got hurt from one explosion. Nobody seriously well, and nobody dead. They're, they're, obviously, they're obviously not professionals at this, thank God. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't put it in a giant steel garbage can. That, that, <laughs> saved, that saved a lot of people's lives. But let me go back, because this, this does two things. Um, the first one is uh, you said they're building things. They're obviously talking to people online. They're learning online. This brings us to something Donald Trump said uh, this weekend. Uh, in fact, he said it today, this morning on Fox and Friends, that we need to put people in jail who are selling these magazines that are teaching people how to build bombs. Now, are these magazines here in the States? Yes. And like, they're published in the Yo, United you can, States? But what is the Al-Qaeda magazine called? Inspire. Uh, Inspire. Yeah, you can get them. I mean, I think if you're, if you're the postman and you're delivering <laughs> Inspire magazine, <laughs> um, that's when you might want to say something. You I might want to call, tell hey, guys, I don't know if you're watching this guy, but maybe you should. I'm saying something. I'm saying yeah. something. Yeah. So that, that's a good point. So the, the, way, the, the, the exact template on these weapons, of these bombs that were used, these pressure cooker bombs, the same ones that were used in the, in the, in the Boston Marathon yeah. bombing. Same ones. Where do you think these come from? It, it reminds me of, can we play SOT 1 right now, what Governor Cuomo said right after this happened? Here comes. At this time, there is no evidence of an international terrorism uh, connection with this incident. Uh, but but uh, it is very, very early in the investigation, uh, and it's just starting. No evidence of international terrorism. Wh- where do they think they're reading this stuff from? This is an al-Qaeda magazine. This is an international terrorist group. Now, I know that the governor's got to be more informed than I... Well, never mind. No, he's probably not. But <laughs> he should be, for crying out loud. This yeah. is ridiculous. Where do they think they're getting this from? You cannot travel to Syria anymore. You can't travel, if, if you're a lone jihadi, to go to Libya or some of these places. So what are they doing now? The, the, the leaders are saying, don't come here. You're going to get caught. Stay where you're at. But this is how you build a pressure cooker bomb. But don't you think that he would have more information than, say, like somebody in North Dakota... Like, this is New York City. They, and the U.N. starts this week, right? The U.N. General Assembly? Yeah. So it's kind of like they're going to have extra security. He should know everything that's going on right now. And you're saying this isn't an international issue? They're doing everything they can, to st- again, to pad the administration's narrative that we're not in danger of these international are groups. Yeah. These, these are, this is absolutely internationally influenced. We never had this problem prior to al-Qaeda coming right. up. We didn't have this problem. I'm sorry, we did. Back in 1919, 1917, we had the same kind of stuff. And again, that's, that's, that's homegrown. No, it wasn't. It was all from overseas at that time as well. These people are here. They, they might even be Americans, but they're here and they're getting these ideas from overseas. And so the question is, should we put people who sell this magazine in jail? Should we? Where does, the, where does freedom of speech so Go. I think the question would be, like, where is the line drawn? Because I, I am totally, like, they should have every right to do that. But then the question is, do we want that information to be given and released? Like, say, a mailman finds it, and he, he reports it. Like, is that a magazine that should be given? Well, I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I know, yeah. I know, but I, I, like, that's, I, I that's don't the, think you can put limits on freedom of the press. Let's yeah. say right. somebody here says, I want to order a subscription to find out what they're up to so we can report on it. Right. Now you're... On that list is receiving I can a guarantee you yeah. that everybody, because you work for me, everybody <laughs> right. in, oh, yeah, on, at this true. table is on a list because you've gone to a website that normal people don't go to. There was one day I watched ISIS videos all day and I knew <laughs> yeah. that I was being watched. You're, I can guarantee you you're being watched. <laughs> right. Guarantee you. So 
So do we stop that information? You can't stop that information. Yeah. You can't. Right. Impossible These are just people who want to build clocks, you know, and deposit them in gas, you know, garbage cans right. around the city, you know, building clocks right. for people to... Those are all clocks, right? Right. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> no. Clock. Oh, okay. So, no, no, no. I to make sure. I know one was a phone. That's all it was. Well, there is a, an interesting wrinkle in this. So Hillary Clinton this morning was on the tarmac of her plane, and she was asked the question, do you think these... Do you think these inspired attacks are happening because ISIS wants Trump in the White House instead of you? Mm. Now, she said a lot without actually saying anything, so I'm not really (laughs) sure what she said, (laughs) but I thought it was an interesting question. Do you think that's something ISIS would try? I just want to point out, did you see how she looked when she... Oh, yeah. I mean, she literally, you, know, you see those zombie movies where someone's been bit by a zombie, and they're like minutes from the full turn? <laughs> That's how she looked. She looked bad. like that on Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday. She was having she a hard time. On. I, gave her, I gave her benefit of the doubt because it was Saturday night, midnight. She had a long day. She's been sick. So she, but she was like, and if she looked like that again today on the tarmac, oh, what is she ooh. on? Yeah. She just needs a glass okay. of water. She clearly right. needs yeah. rehydrated. <laughs> okay, so answer the question. So to answer your question, there's been imams in ISIS that have come out publicly and said, not specifically Trump, but some of their attacks are geared specifically to invoke a massive over-response. That's their goal. So once that happens, that'll galvanize the Muslim world, and they'll rise up, and then you know, so all I, hell will break I talked to some. I talked to some serious... Um, um, the people who have had stars on their shoulders over the weekend. And we talked about this. And their biggest fear uh, is Hillary Clinton doesn't have a clue. I mean, she's at least been around it, you know, yada, yada. But but because of the Barack Obama administration not admitting anything, not dealing with anything, not not sure where she's going to go. More fearful of the overreact because he is so thin-skinned. What I, what I heard three times, three times this weekend, was he is so thin-skinned, if you poke him, he will strike. If you make him look bad, he will strike. And that's what, that's what our generals, at least the ones I've talked to, are afraid of is the overreact. So maybe they are, because it doesn't make sense if you want, you want the weakest person in, and I think Hillary is the weakest person in. But I think, remember, Russia is tied with Iran. And what Iran wants is the same thing that, um, what's his name, uh, I've talked about, Dugan wants. And that is chaos. The reason why they want Donald Trump, now I'm not saying Trump is involved in this at all, but the way they, the way they view him is chaos. That's why they want a very, I think, I think um, Putin would be happy if it was another 2000 election. If neither one of them, if it was so close that it had to be a recount, it would cause chaos. I think he would have that much more than Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. All they want is strife and chaos. Speaking of chaos and massive overreach, and I, I cannot believe this is not getting more of the so, quote unquote experts out in the media they're talking. But what else happened on Saturday when oh, all yeah. this other stuff was going on? Yep. The Minnesota mall attack. And that's not getting any hits Hardly at all. all. Nobody's now, talking about that. Let me tell you something. When I was in the intelligence community um, and afterwards in the threat assessment community, we were looking at a certain few attacks that would cause absolute, yep. oh yep. my gosh, round people up, put them in camps, yep. 
or martial law. Yeah. Now, those words specifically are mentioned there in textbooks of what would happen if this happens. There's two types of attacks, and they're, they're typically coordinated. One is an attack on schools, specifically elementary schools. Think about if four elementary schools throughout the country are coordinated and they all, one, they're all attacked. One, oh, even like, just one. One like Beslan. And it's like Facebook Live yeah. or something like wow. that. The second wow. one is a massive mall attack. They're probing, and they're starting to get coordinated, and they're starting to hit the sites that we in the intelligence community have feared for a long time now. The moment that happens, when if, think if this guy had better weapons, yeah. or he was better coordinated, or had multiple people with him. Well, he should have. But the next time that happens, and let's say you know, a, a big mall like here in DFW, which, by the way, they have 30-06 and 30-07 signs on the doors, right. so you can't even have guns yeah. to, go, to, to respond. Think about what happens. It doesn't make any sense to me, because malls still, to me, every time I go to a mall... There's no security. I mean, there's absolutely no, 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 none. No, they got segways. They can get the Oh, door. yeah, that's true. Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, yeah. that actually already happened at the mall in Nairobi, just, what was that, yes. last oh, year? Yeah. Or, oh, and they, he was doing the same things he was doing in Nairobi. Yeah. Are you a Muslim? Yeah. Right. No. Dead. Yeah. These guys are getting coordinated. They're starting to hit the targets that we fear are soft targets. This, this is, is very, very worrisome. Who's been with me the longest? Anybody been with me for more than four years, five years? Yeah. You remember when I said there's going to come a time when our enemies, not coordinated, not coordinated, all have different goals. They will look at us and they will say, now, go, 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 go. Yeah. We're approaching. If we're not in it, we're at least approaching that time. So yeah. then what, from your take, what do you think we should do to, is there anything that the normal everyday citizen could do to like, I don't know. Well, yes, I got one carry a gun. Yeah. yeah. And how are they reporting that? They keep, I hate how they're reporting on that. They keep saying that an off-duty police officer. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. He, sure, that was his job, but he was a common citizen, concealed carry. Concealed carry. Well, that's, that yeah. was the deal. That was the deal. I saw that on Saturday, uh, and I, I just laughed because I knew it was concealed carry because they said, not sure if it was a policeman or just yeah. a concealed carry permit. And I'm like, either way, <laughs> if it's matter. an off-duty <laughs> policeman or a concealed carry permit holder... If you can't tell the difference at mm -hmm. the point of impact, yeah. you know, maybe that's a, a sale for getting your concealed carry here's permit. Here's the funny thing. They want to go, it was okay because it was an off-duty cop. Right. But remember, cops are bad every other time. Oh, right. Well, right? Hillary, in those cases, then When Hillary Clinton was in her plane this weekend and she said, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and we just have to stand by our men in blue. <laughs> now you want to stand Are you by sure she meant cops? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she may have meant the blue man group. Maybe some guys feeling down today. <laughs> now, now, with that, like, we haven't really talked about her response. Like, her response and Trump's response. I, I think we should hit on that just a little bit. Like, her response was, I'm not saying it was ter terrorism at all. Trump's was, I'm going to say it's terrorism. So, like, what are your well, guys' views on that? I remember they, she called him out immediately saying that it was a bomb. Like, instantly. Yeah. She was like, oh, he, need, he shouldn't be jumping to those conclusions. Oh, but um, I've been briefed on the bombing. So, apparently, she doesn't well, no, but, see the difference. To be fair, to be out. fair, and I hate being fair. <laughs> oh, I hate being fair. <laughs> to be fair, she said that two or three hours after he said bombing. So she had gotten briefed, yada, yada. Soon as it happened, he said, bombing in New York. So, yeah, because he just got to that event. Was right. Like, yeah, so there, sure. there is a slight difference on that. But the way CNN edited that yeah. and edited her out saying the word bombing was 
unbelievable slanted yeah, she, journalism. She starts off, she goes, well, you know, uh, the bombing in New York and New Jersey goes on and says we got to, you know, support and get all the information. Then the reporter jumps in and says, what do you think about Donald Trump using the word bombing? Like right off, and she's like, well, we've got to be careful with our <laughs> That is one of my favorite pieces of audio this year. A minute later. Um, I want to get to back into politics here in a second, but first I have to tell you guys, have you guys seen the Facebook posts on history? Yeah. Um, it is... People love it, and I've heard several times, thank your staff for what they're doing on history. So thank you, officially, from the listeners. Not you, Doc. I was just going to take it all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's go here. Um, Obama, low turnout by blacks would be an insult. Here's what he said. I will consider it a personal insult, an insult to my legacy, if this community, the black community, lets its guard down and fails to activate itself uh, in this election. You want to give me a good send-off? Go out and vote. Now, I'm pretty sure he doesn't mean go out and vote for Donald Trump. Um, is, this, is this insulting to every thinking person that you want to give me a good send-off? Go out and vote. And if they don't go out and vote, is that evidence that the, rep- the Democrats don't represent the black community and they're on to them? Or is it evidence that, no, they were voting for him because he's black? Hmm. Because what has, what has Barack Obama done for the black community where he can say that? Their standard of living is down, their unemployment is up, everything. And isn't this also what... The Republicans are saying to people who won't support, right, Caleb? It's, uh, this election has become, the other person's worse, so vote for our guy, because you should hate the other person. And that's what it's become. So we're now, what, 50 days from election day. 50. First debate is a week from tonight. I'm excited about that. Uh, that's going to be fun. Actually, I actually, are. I am, actually. Yeah. yeah. It could be a blowout either way. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the conventional wisdom right now is becoming, polls are tightening, this debate is going to decide it all. And there, for the next week, all you're going to hear, every show, is that this debate it could be completely decisive. It's this debate that's going to decide this thing. The problem with that thinking is there's some fundamentals we're just brushing over because... Donald Trump still has a math problem right now that he hasn't addressed yet. Um, I think Stuart Stevens, who was um, Romney's chief strategist in 2012, said it best. He said... Well, I don't know if I'm going to Romney's chief strategist for any big ideas. Unless he's saying, don't do what I did. Basically, he said, I don't think the structure of this race has changed. And the, the one number people keep missing is... Um, 270? Yeah, yes, but it's also, it's, it's, um, it, it's the ground game. So a lot of people are going to say, that's too pundity, that doesn't mean anything. Well, it actually does mean something. The numbers point out, if you run an ad that says, um, vote for Donald Trump and make America great again, or if I come and knock on your front door and I say, hi, my name's Caleb, I live two streets, uh, two blocks down, I want to talk to you about Hillary Clinton today. 
that matters. That that can uh, an effective ground game is a two to five percent difference in the polls, and that can be the election. Does Hillary have that? Hillary has a ground game. Donald Much Trump more does than not. Trump does. Yeah. Much I, more. I just want you. To, I just I want you to see one thing. Take the camera. He's actually not twelve. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks at. Us. Weird. <laughs> It's such a shock when you listen. You start talking to him, you're like, you're not 12. I thought you were somebody's son that would bring your boy to work day or something. I'm 13. What I'm so bothered about this bit is when he goes, I'll consider it a personal insult if you don't vote. Did he consider it a personal insult when the Veterans Administration was killing veterans? Yeah. Or Benghazi or the IRS target? None of that was a personal insult. I know. That's okay. And going back to that, the kind of intimidation tactics he's using and then seeing Ryan's Priebus do it the same exact way kind of is demonstrative of this election how there's not much of a difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. And I think we actually have sought two of Ryan's. Is he capturing the reluctant Republicans, some of which are some of whom are public officials in the Republican Party who are either in the never Trump or who are in the barely Trump category, which. Well, I mean, some of the people who ran for president, I mean, but what you have to look at is where are we at with the voters and where we're at with the voters is one of the last polls that I just saw nearly 90 percent of Republicans think Mitt was about 91, 92. We need to do a couple more percentage points better. And we're doing that as we move forward. But look, people who agreed to support the nominee that took part in our process, they used tools from the RNC. They agreed to support the nominee. They took part in our process. We're a private party. We're not a public entity. Mm -hmm. Um, Those people need to get on board. Um, And and if they're thinking they're going to run again someday, you know, I think that we're going to evaluate the process of the nomination process. And I don't think it's going to be that easy for them. Would the party itself penalize somebody who does not make good on the pledge that they made to support the party? I think these are things that our party is going to look at. That's Donald Trump talked about that this morning again on Fox and Friends. And he said he's for that. I mean, he went on for like four minutes about how these people took a pledge. And I thought, I think that's the same pledge that Donald Trump violated, <laughs> wasn't it? At a town hall with, um, uh, on CNN with Anderson Cooper, um, right there at the very end of the primary, he, he said, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm going to break it too. Because Cruz and Kasich were getting asked the question and they were, you know, were artfully kind of dodging. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm evolving on this issue. I don't know what I'm going to do. And Trump comes out and he's like, yep, nope, I won't do it either now. I mean, it, here's, the, here's the, the, the problem with that. I think if Donald Trump loses, I think the party is going to have a real yeah. come-to-Jesus moment gonna where change. they're going to have to say, were these guys right or were the people who just delivered us uh, one of the worst uh, um, elections, at least especially with people 30 and under? Mm-hmm. That, that number is ungodly that that has made the republican party this has made the republican party into the 1972 pontiac bonneville nobody <laughs> wants it nobody looks like that's a classic car that's just a piece of crap big bulky big bulky grandma car that nobody wants that's what the GOP looks like to people under 30. That's what's so tragic, in my opinion, on this election. Because what Democrats have done for the past several decades is put us into a box. We're the bigots. We're the female haters, the women they, haters, and everything. And if you elect this guy, we're basically giving in and saying, yeah, that's us. Here's the plan if you didn't support Trump. 
you got to have your plan in case he wins, and you go, all right, we did it, didn't we? This is our plan all along. <laughs> See, I was against you. We got the media attention for him, right? right? Get ready, Glenn. <laughs> okay, so the Snowden movie, the Oliver Stone-directed film, came out this weekend. Um, I saw it. I know Glenn saw it. I um, saw it. I saw, I saw about an hour of it on uh, Friday, and then I talked to Oliver Stone, which I don't trust ever. Uh, and then I went to see it Friday night with my wife. I thought it was a must-see for everybody. And I think we as a country need to decide whether he's a hero or a villain. Have to decide. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you, we've been having Should a finish, good debate finish, I'll get to my, Yeah, go I'll ahead. Get there. Um, obviously, you know, the movie paints a pretty sympathetic portrayal of Snowden. But, um, you know, it, I, I don't think that's... I don't think... That didn't figure into my... Did it figure into your well, feeling on him? It, it was more balanced than I anticipated, yes. coming from Oliver Stone. Um, it does nudge me towards the side of considering oh, whether yeah. he's a yeah. patriot. Yes, but if you don't take your news from Oliver Stone right. um, and you, know, you do your own homework, to me, he's not a sympathetic figure. He's really not a sympathetic figure. You watch the, the videotape of him compared to the videotape of the actor portraying him, mm-hmm. and you like the actor. You don't necessarily like him. Right. But the, what he gave us, what he told us we were doing, is awful and an abomination. Now, I talked to Mike Lee this morning, and he said, well, we, we fixed all that. And I said, you believe them? <laughs> and he said, very interesting. He said, yes, their undoing was lying under oath in Congress, he said, because some of us were told they did come to us and say, we are spying and collecting all this information. And he said, that's why I, my first vote on the Patriot Act was against it. And I got hammered and I couldn't say, I know more than you do. He said, we were, because it was in an intelligence briefing, we couldn't say anything. He said, but once they said that, then the uproar started and it fell apart. He said, so... Yes, I believe they would tell us if they're still doing it, and I just don't think they're... Well, yeah, we know how much teeth that has when you yeah. lie to Congress and they yeah. Eric Holder, oh, most yeah. learned. i got to stand up for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> because my blood is boiling out of my head right now. This movie is dangerous. It's a false narrative. It's a false narrative, and it's exactly what WikiLeaks, Russia, and who else... Name a bad guy. That's what, who they want you to think that this is their version of Snowden. Snowden is a phony, a traitor, and a liar. Straight up. All right, we know Jason's wait, stands. Wait, wait, wait. We know SIC stands. Were they doing what he said he was, they were doing? The uh, NSA? Yes. But there was the bulk collection of metadata, but that was, that was initiated during a time of a, a, a crisis. That, that always sorry, happens I'm in sorry, a time I'm of sorry, war. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I've, I've heard from you how much you love the Constitution. Do we just throw that Constitution away when we're... When we're scared? What, what I'm saying, no. What I'm saying is that these, th- historically, these types of actions take place during a, a time of crisis right. or war. We right. round right? people up and put them in <laughs> no. camps. No, no, no. But there are initiatives that you can do, but it has to have a time limit on it. It's not something that, oh, oh that we do all the time. There has to be a time limit. Now, the right. problem is where we got in trouble was they kept extending it out and out and out, and that's what they shouldn't have done. Now, Snowden, to get back to him, He's a guy that only a micro fraction of the millions of documents that he stole had anything to do with bulk collection metadata. Everything else had to do with foreign intelligence. Because he knew people would care about that. 
it's because that was his original goal. It was all to make the United States look like the bad guy. He's a thief. He went in there and stole all that stuff. Now, let me tell you something. As someone that's been in the intelligence community, every single alphabet agency that's out there, FBI, CIA, NSA, uh, DIA, military intelligence, we all have specific whistleblower guidelines. Oh, yeah, this is good. You follow them. It's, they brief you into it right when you first show up to every single facility. Look, if you see something or witness something illegal, you take it to this guy. Yeah, if he, he does nothing, but they, but they have specific... Let me finish. He, they said have specific, they did, he said he did that. And he lied. I've seen the emails. All he did was he reached out to somebody about a rule change on a test. He goes, I don't understand this. And they said, oh, I don't worry about it. And he got, that was his excuse for him to get pissed off. And then for some reason, that led him to steal all this information and then leave and go to China. Red China. They always say Hong Kong. He went to Red China. Okay. And then I bet you, and then, uh, uh, but, but then, sorry, this is... Did they leave this out in the Oliver Stone movie that then he goes to, um, they say that, it, oh, it's because his passport was canceled. Wait, did you That's such it? bull. So WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks reached out to him and said, hey, look, we know where the only place you can have comfort and survivability is in FSB. Russia. FSB, I know. FSB. I talked about that with Oliver Stone and he's like, that's not true. Yeah, okay. Okay, mister, I'm going to hug a communist today. (laughs) (laughs) This guy, he was a glorified IT boy that helped people figure out Word documents. That's all he did. He was not some master spy. He was a glorified IT guy. That's all he was, and he's a thief and traitor. Still. I'm done. Still. In the end, the the, the NSA issues that that came out of this and... and It's stuff that everybody... This is why this is is so bad, because we're arguing over him. We're not yeah. arguing over what's happening. Right. One of the best What they're points. doing. That's the problem. Forget about all other issues. Forget about him. We have to say, even if we can't decide whether a hero or a villain, because I don't know. I really don't know. Because I side with you and I side with the release of the information. I just don't like the way he did it. With that being said, take that all off the table. Should that information have been released... To tell us what our government was doing, damn right. It would have. With those whistleblower guidelines, he would have followed those guidelines if he was a legit... Right. He's not okay. a whistleblower. Okay. We can stop calling him that. He's okay. not a so, whistleblower. Okay, so take him out of the equation. Are you glad the information is out of what our government was doing to average citizens? <sighs> I'm glad that we know about it. I'm not glad that the how has been released. I'm not well, glad about okay, that. But it's out now. Right. It's but, and let me, but let me caveat that with saying it would have anyway. It would have gone all the way up the chain. It would have went to Congress, and they would have said, look, we are canceling this program that, not a sh- that should not have been extended again and here's, again and again. Here's, it would have come out. Here's, it's not here's, the technology the, of it. Here's the problem with this, is we're arguing about all of that when we should be uniting on our government is violating the Constitution in ways I don't think our founders... Even imagine, right. even imagine. And, and Mike Lee came on the air today and he said, I need people's support. I need you guys to, to rally up because they're now doing, uh, there's now a new, uh, what is it, uh, for uh, botnets mm-hmm. uh, where, um, you know, you get some malware. You get one warrant, one, and now I can search Anything. anybody's computer that was exposed or thought to be exposed to that, that virus. So how does everybody around here, Snowden? Who's who's never Snowden? Well, you got to raise your hand, Jason. Yeah, Jason. You're never Snowden. Oh, Snowden. am I? That <laughs> so who's uh, you're never Snowden? I'm with Jason because he's the one here can 
kill oh. everybody. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't... Wasn't part of the information released it compromised our ability to... Like, ISIS basically, because of the information released, was, uh, was able to get around our computer systems, and because oh, yeah, of that... Oh, no, no, it, we're, we're toast because of the way it was released. But didn't it help the terrorist in Paris? Yes or no? And Directly. It, and didn't it help the American citizen? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a classic freedom versus yeah. safety so type we, debate. So, so where do you stand? Let's not forget about Snowden. Mm-hmm. Glad you know this information. Was it right for us to know this information to try to stop the government? Yes or no? If you say yes, raise your hand. Reluctantly, yes. Reluctantly. Look at the spook. <laughs> Look at the spook. Wow. I don't know if I like sitting next to you. <laughs> okay, so Jason, what I think some people might have concerns with is that the whole legal whistleblowing techniques that you were referring to. How does that work when the chain of command is essentially the people that you're are doing it. releasing you. the information about? Like, you're getting them in I trouble. I saw the Oliver Stone movie. They're like, <laughs> let me make me very shadowy. <laughs> don't you understand? We're all in this for the good of the world. Yeah, I don't trust, I don't trust that the government bring it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I ramp up. That's I know, I know. You know, okay. Like Bowie was saying, I don't trust that the government, I don't think that if, even if they had those techniques in place, I don't trust that it would go up the right chain of command, that anybody would we ever know anything. Trust the gov- right. What has the government done recently that makes us say, we can trust them? Health taxes. Healthcare. Yes. <laughs> Healthcare. Taxes. The best way for me to explain, um, and every person that's listening to this who's ever been in the Navy or Marine Corps knows this process, but it's the same throughout all the military, but it's probably called something else. For us, it was called requesting mass. So what you do is, if you have a problem, let's say JP is my, or say Glenn is my boss, but he did, he asked me to do something that I didn't feel comfortable with, and it was illegal. Well, I obviously can't request mass to him because how's that going to go for me? I jump and go outside the chain of command. So it always goes, it doesn't go through your chain of command. It goes directly to someone else. If it sits there and it continues there, it goes all the way up to the director of national intelligence, Clapper. It would go all the way to him. So eventually, there's no you can't hide it. Once the it's like a snowball. Once you initiate the process, you can't stop it. So you're saying the government has never hid anything from us? I didn't say that. No. <laughs> well, I'm this, just saying like if it if it keeps jumping. Documents? The request mass. Well, we're getting the tinfoil hat area, and, but I think that's exactly how they want it to look like. They want to make think, it look like there's this huge boogeyman that's like doing all these like. Crazy, I don't think crazy it's things. as I don't think it's tinfoil as you think because like. <laughs> It's all within the government. We have, so, had, we have had how many whistleblowers have we had on from the NSA yeah. who said they went up the chain of command. They're mm-hmm. well documented. And one of them, you know, standing in a shower and they broke into his house would put a gun on him. And I mean, their, their lives are over. Where are over. They, but those guys are still in the United States. They're yeah, still... they're four, four guys. But they didn't they came out. They didn't come out with any information. They were discredited for how many years were they discredited and said, that's not true, yeah. until Snowden came out and said, here it is. And they're like, well, there you go. Well, it'd be very easy to discredit someone like Snowden. Snowden literally, like I said before, was a glorified IT guy. I want to that's hear all you argue it with What was, I mean, what was the takeaway from the movie? Yeah, what was a, so, what? Well, I mean, first of all, it's terrifying. It makes you never want to use the Internet again. Seriously, I mean, though. you know, and I know it's a movie, but it's still, that's how I felt walking out, like... You don't need to do anything. I've said this on the air a million times, but until you see that scene with him seeing the computer while he is having sex with his wife or his girlfriend, when you see that, 
everyone should go, oh my gosh, it, he, he was, you know, having sex with his girlfriend and he's looking over her shoulder and all he sees is this. And, that's exactly and it just keeps coming in on that. Just, you know, <laughs> right. That's exactly how they're out there. Right. Well, but, it's, scary, but, it's, yeah. but it's terrifying because yeah. everybody is on. It's on right now. Your computer can be off and they can turn it on. And there was a key phrase toward the end of the movie, uh, this idea of turnkey tyranny, yep. he called it. And, and that's scary, the fact that this apparatus exists, that in the wrong hands, without you know, oversight... And think of where we are right now. We are, yeah. we are in a nation where half of the people are demonizing the other half. Where if you elect this person or you don't stand with my person, you are an enemy. You have to be silenced. You have to be crushed. Both the Clinton people and the Trump people are both like that. That doesn't last long with current turnkey tyranny. It just doesn't last long. It's about the technology. We can't vilify the technology. It's the same as guns. It's It's a a tool. It's Mm -hmm. the people that do it. And Jason, I always want the information because if we're going to make good choices, Hillary, Trump, or whoever else, I need all the information I can get. I need to know what they're doing to me. I need to know who they're spying on. And Snowden, whether he's a patriot or not, doesn't matter. I'm glad I have the information. America is screaming for transparency. Yeah. That's why, I mean, look, this weekend, who won this weekend politically? Who, who won? I had a guy on the air today who said, you know, even though I don't think Trump has any clue as to what's going on in the Middle East, I don't think he really knows what's happening or how to respond, at least he admits that there's a problem. Isn't it sad that it took think Trump that. to say that? <laughs> I mean, how yeah. many other people are out there that should right. be saying what but, it is? But, and they would have. But, yeah. the, but the point is, is... We're not even talking about the solutions. All we want is someone to say, yes, I know. I know this is what it is. Mm -hmm. We have zero transparency. We have nothing but lies. That just, that that ends poorly. Imagine how bad it would be if we didn't have the most transparent administration ever. Right? I mean, amen, brother. Let me go back to why I think that this movie is dangerous. And and this, this false narrative is dangerous. Because this, and this is exactly, okay, so do you really think that... At this point, Snowden could say anything. Yes. And this is exactly how actual like, yes. nation-state level counter-espionage and, and counterintelligence works. They establish a little bit of, inf- of true information just to get that person credible. Then they can say whatever they want. And it automatically means it's true. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, Snowden could release a document that he could say he took from the NSA archives. And it says that Glenn Beck is not really Glenn Beck. He's really Elvis. He just has, you know, facially reconstructed surgery. <laughs> but everyone Wrong, will believe it. Everyone will believe it. Yeah. So right now, that's how they're using him. They, they, now, I, I, actually, you know what? I'm going to take it a step forward. We're not going to pardon him. I bet you we don't pardon him. But you know what Russia's going to do? They're going to sit back and enjoy it. They're going to hand-deliver him. They're going to fly him straight to the United States or Germany or one of our allies. They're going to hand-deliver him, sit back, and watch the political firestorm. Yes. They're going to say, if, if we yes. convict him then we're screwed because yes. we're, you know, we're, we're yes. convicting a whistleblower. Yes. If we don't, then, oh, my gosh, he got away with everything. Yes. They're going to hand-deliver him, and they're going to love it. But to take away some of your worry, Jason, about the movie being dangerous, it only came in number four at the box office. Yeah, so that's that's right. It's Oliver Stone. Yeah. America. I'm, Oliver Stone. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I had... Um, um, 
on Facebook. I posted something this weekend. It might have been the popsicle guy. And was amazed at how many people are hungry for good news. Mm -hmm. How many people are just so sick of the politics. Yeah, there's absolutely no hope anywhere. I mean, you can go across all the news, but it was kind of cool because last week you just mentioned it, the popsicle guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Just this guy that was just walking along, and just by happenstance, there was another guy that um, drove around, and he saw this popsicle guy, and we've got the picture. And it's just, you see this old man that's been doing this for, for years, and so Jeez, this, this I mean, 89 years old. And what we don't know about this picture is he had recently just lost his daughter. Um, his daughter passed away not too long before this picture was taken. And so, you, I mean, he's been doing this forever, walking miles and miles and just, you know, giving popsicles and selling popsicles. And so um, this, this guy, Joel Cervantes uh, Macias, um, was driving by and saw him and stopped Went up to him, started talking to him, and uh, he, he kind of heard his story and was like, wow, let me buy $50 worth of popsicles. And then when he drove away, he was like, man, I can't believe that. That's, that's insane, you know? And so he kind of just, he posted the picture on Facebook, and all these people kept posting it, but like, you know, you, we got to do something for this guy. And so he started a GoFundMe page. And as of this morning, it was at $382,000 raised. I love this. I, you know... This is one of the best things of social media mm-hmm. is you like can do, 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 do GoFundMe. Yeah. I mean, it's just so fantastic. What's amazing is this guy has been kind of attacked in a way saying, how do we know this money is actually getting to him? And he posted on his Facebook and said, hey, I totally understand what kind of, you know, what kind of country we live in nowadays. And I just want to tell you that everything's going straight to him. I have my own restaurant. And so I'll prove it to you. I'll show you everything. If you have any questions, just ask me. And I will give you all the information on how it's going to help him and his wife out. And so he, it's just cool that he's really taken his charge. His wife is still around? They yeah. lost their daughter? Mm-hmm. How old's his wife? Um, I'm not for sure, actually. 26. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, the, oh, well, I was going to say, on the flip side of Facebook, there's an article that came out that NPR did about whether or not Facebook actually makes you depressed. And so there's all these studies on... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I... Okay, so there, the whole point of the article is saying that Facebook makes you depressed because you see other people doing, like, yeah, going so. on vacation. They're they got, all lying. They, they all got a new they car. Really are. <laughs> right. And so, but I, from, like, I see it as a, like, on the flip side for me, I feel bad for the people that I see on Facebook that are posting, like, 25 pictures in one day of, like, them on vacation because I feel sad for them that they feel the need to have this sort of validation from other people to get, you know, likes. And I feel bad that they're not enjoying their vacation, you know, like, when I go on vacation, like, the last thing, I mean, I guess, like, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum for millennials, but I do not like Facebook at all. I think that I just, it makes me feel so bad for these people. Like, you're going to go to the beach and you're going to see at it, you're going to see you your vacation. You are vac- a total retro flashback. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you're going to see your vacation through a phone lens? Like, that's so, so lame. Saying, I, Caleb is living vicariously by posting all the, the cat pictures that he does all day that... <laughs> That he's showing, he wants you to be jealous of him. Yeah, well, okay, so, like, I, I'm not Kim Kardashian. She posts six thousand pictures over four days. Yeah, but she or, gets paid to do. Yeah, oh she does. Girl, so, making money. I post pictures if I was getting paid. Facebook just seems like a bunch of frivolity at this point. I mean, all I see is just goofy stuff on there. Yeah, but it does seem like people use it to brag. Well, even that, Zuckerberg sure. said a few weeks ago that Facebook's done. He, he was just saying, oh, yeah, 100%. the millennials don't like Facebook anymore. They don't. And so we're more focused on businesses Business. and, 
and just you know getting Instagram is a different kind of right social now. media. Instagram and Snapchat are yeah, where like they, the younger folk are going. Up. Yeah. Glenn, did you know Snapchat? These younger folk. Well, I'm still on MySpace. It's awfully quiet there lately. Losing the losing the spring in your stick. Well, one of the things the study says that like half of the people that are like over half of them. They like they abstained from Facebook for a week, and they felt that they were happier for them. So, uh, Jason, can you give us how much time do we have? About thirty seconds. Let thirty seconds. Give Got us it. a prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this time we've had to come and uh, share our thoughts and our plans and our hopes, Lord, for the future. I want to ask that you please be with uh, those who are listening to this, and uh, ask that you have them uh, open their minds and hearts and take something from this, Lord. Father, we want to say thank you for. Um, Everything you've given us, Lord, the ability to um, to have the lives that we that we lead here in the United States, and and uh, just be happy with uh, what you've given us, and we have hope for the future, Lord. We ask these things in Christ's name, Amen. From Dallas, good night, America. Regardless of whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BBB. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD.